Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What is good, everybody? Welcome to Under Review on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero. He is Vish Kumar. And Vish, we're here on a Monday. And guess what? We ain't done yet, baby. The 49ers season will continue in the NFC Championship game for the third straight year and the fourth time in five years. How the hell are you? I mean, I'm obviously extremely excited and very happy because of that. If the Niners didn't win this weekend, I I think this would have been a very rough Monday, especially after all the things you and I said on this podcast just a week ago. Um, I certainly didn't expect that style of football game. I was wrong. Um, I expected the Niners to handle the Packers fairly comfortably, and I was wrong about that. But you know what? A win's a win in the playoffs, and it's very difficult to win a game like that. Um, We haven't seen the Niners win a game like that. There's a lot of positives. There's quite a few negatives to go over. I'm just excited that there's one more week of 49ers football for us to talk about. Amen. We're going to go through, if you're new to the show, we go through drive by drive and break down everything that happened in the 49ers game the week before. So we're going to do that. But before we do, I just want to give a special shout out to our YouTube channel partner, Community Tree Service. We love having them as a partner. If you need anything done to your yard, you need land clearing, you need tree trimming, you need home fire hardening, you need hazard tree removal, anything like that, And Community Tree Service LLC has you covered. And guess what? They work from the Central Coast up to the Bay Area, so they'll take care of you. Estimates are free. 
Call 831-763-2391. Email estimating at cts831.com or visit their website at communitytree.com to schedule an appointment. Mention you're a Niner fan. You get a $200 discount on your quote. If you're a Seahawks, Cowboys, Eagles, Lions fan, they're going to charge you $200 more. So keep that up. Only those teams? Well, maybe anybody that the Niners are playing, I would imagine. Community Tree Service is licensed by the California State License Board. License number 1100816. Vish, let's just dive into it right away because we're under a bit of a time crunch here. So let's dive in. 24-21, Niners get the win over the Packers. It's a little shaky early. Kyle Shanahan had said he was not going to take the ball if the Niners won the coin toss. He wasn't worried about the Packers. And lo and behold, the Packers get the ball first. They go right down the field with very little problem, and they get a field goal. Yeah, this was a really good drive for them. It, it It's had a few things that we haven't um, – we maybe didn't consider last week when we talked about the game, and here were the elements, right? The Green Bay Packers' fourth-ranked third third-down offense, third in the regular season. The San Francisco 49ers' current 27th-ranked third-down defense, 24th in the regular season. That was that first drive. And to me, the big difference is the Niners have a clear delineation on whether they're good on third down based on whether it's third and short or third and long. The third and short issue preceded Steve Wilkes, right? They had issues in third and one and third and two with D'Amico Ryans a couple years ago. Um, but the third and short issue, specifically third and five and under, has been one specifically this year that's become new. They, they don't stop teams on third and short. When there's a run pass option against the San Francisco 49ers, who, by the way, have the number one ranked run defense in the NFL, which is a farce, but they do have it statistically in the number one ranked run defense in the NFL. When there's a run pass option on third down, they tend to really struggle. And the name of the game with this drive, and there was an ominous kind of feel to this drive, was obviously the third down conversions, but second down runs by Aaron Jones. Mm -hmm. Aaron Jones, I think, had two different five-plus yard runs on second down that turned first and 10, which was a good down for the Niners defense, into third and two, third and one, where Green Bay was fairly successful. It was exactly what we thought we would see. Green Bay using a lot of the time on the play clock, grinding out the possession, using Aaron Jones to pick up yardage, Ambry Thomas getting a pass interference penalty, which, by the way, Ambry Thomas was hideous in this game. He was stumbling around like a drunken sailor out there. The old Ambry Thomas returned. Which, by the way, real quick shout out to Trey Gessling, new YouTube channel member. We appreciate you, Trey. And all our YouTube channel members, if you want to become one, it's less than $3 a month. You get custom emojis, membership badges, priority comment response, and a follow from me on Twitter if you want it. Which, by the way, Vish, nobody has ever asked me for that. So I don't know why you make me They just don't know how many followers you have, dude. You have like 200K followers. I have nowhere close to that. You're followed by some really important people. Like really important. Well, thank you. But anyway, so that's what we saw. But you know what? Credit to the Niners defense and what we would see all day, Vish. Once they got into the red zone, a Green Bay Packer offense that had been very good in the red zone, ground to a halt. Jordan Love, they couldn't run Aaron Jones. They couldn't complete a pass. Jordan Love couldn't, and they had to settle for a field goal. And that's something that we saw all day. Yeah, this that was probably the biggest thing. And I think it's the most it's the best thing this defense does right now. I, I have some concerns about this defense on the whole, Rob. I, I Especially there's a couple players on this defense. You brought up Ambry Thomas. He looks like the player that's completely bereft of confidence once again. Um, you know, 
he's looking like he's right back to that guy where, hey, like both of the plays on his pass interference, he was right there, but he panicked when the ball was in the air. He couldn't yep. track the ball out of the air, and he just ended up tackling the guy. Um, and so that that was definitely not good. But the Niners' red zone defense is exceptional. It really is exceptional. It is their number one thing that I, I would say, like, if if we have something to look at from the 49ers defense and say it's really positive, it's that they always seem to be able to hold and get field goals in the red zone, and that allows the Niners, if they have a slow start to the game, which in this game and then versus Philly, it allows them to stay in it early. I completely, completely agree with you. Uh, let's move on to the 49ers' second possession. They punted on the possession. They were doing their 49er thing, right? Going down the field. First down, they gained five yards. Second and five, immediate first down again. And then, boom, what have we seen? One little misstep. Aaron Banks gets a five-yard penalty, a false start, and the possession stalls out, and the 49ers ultimately have to punt in the game. There are a lot of times when just that one little piece of sand in the machine, Vish, grinds things to a halt. Yeah, well, it was the false start, and then it was followed by a scary, scary throw on first and 15 from Brock Purdy coming to the backside to Brandon Ayuk. Doesn't see Darnell Savage, who's played as a middle-of-the-field robber, and he kind of floats one right into his chest. Right into it, and you could tell Brock, that to me, that was a rust play because Brock afterwards, they zoomed in on his face, and he was you could see him. I think he even said, like, stupid. Like, he, he knew he shouldn't have done it, but it just, that to me was a sign of rust rather than anything else. Thank God the Packers dropped it. I know a lot of Packer fans are crying. The whole game would have been different. Maybe, maybe not. But you know what? He dropped it. So that's the world that we live in. Next possession for Green Bay, Vish. And yes, I'm trying to, I'm speeding this along a little because I don't mm-hmm. want us to run mm-hmm. out of time. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. The Packers, again, get the ball and they are again just going right down the field, chewing up the time. 10 plays, 68 yards. No problem. They converted third downs. And I credit Matt LaFleur for being aggressive because it's fourth and one at the Niners 14 yard line. He just settled for a field goal. He doesn't want to settle for another field goal. He decides to go for it. And the Niners defense in a way that they have not always done on fourth and short bowed up. And Dre Greenlaw helped make the tackle one of three massive plays for him in the game. And the Packers come up short and turn it over. Yeah, really great play by Eric Armstead. He's the one who has the initial present uh, penetration. Excuse me, I was thinking I have a presentation, so I was thinking <laughs> about that. So a real Freudian slip there. Um, but yeah, uh, he got the penetration on that play. I, I think this is one of the most, like when I look back and see people talking about this game, Rob, I this is the one that they don't bring up enough for me. I thought this was a big turning point in this game because the Green Bay offense to this point was really just doing as they wanted to the Niners defense and the Niners offense had that drive that it's not just that they, you know, had the false start and they ended up not converting on third down. It was that Purdy, there was something about him throwing that ball to Savage and Savage dropping it. That felt like green Bay was on top of the Niners at this moment in this game, they had all the momentum. And this was for me, the first switch where it felt like here are the Niners, they're ready to play. And it starts with Armstead, who gets the penetration, yanks him back, and then Greenlaw cracks him. <laughs> he cracks him. For a quarterback sneak, he straight up cracks him. And it, it was one of the many great plays Greenlaw makes in this game. He was 
arguably, other than Christian McCaffrey, the biggest difference maker in this football game, and this is one of them. And I, I will say, Rob, I, I thought they got a little bit lucky with the spot. They're usually more generous than they are conservative with the quarterback sneak spot. And I think it would have been a call stands either way because it's yep. really hard to tell. But I, I, I was like, I was honestly like thanking, I, I don't want to say thanking God at the moment, but like as a fan, just trying to, you know, go through what my emotions were, Rob, in those moments when we were watching it, that was like, holy cow, we dodged a bullet there. That's how I felt a little bit. Yeah, I agree. But you know what? Gain more yards, Green Bay. You know, on a quarterback sneak, it's going to be really hard to overturn a spot regardless because you can't see anything. There's too many bodies. Do it better. Execute better. And then you don't have to leave it into the hands of the officials. So you can sit there and cry, but the 49ers executed better in that position than the Packers did. And it was nice because it was like, okay, you've you've slowed them down at least a little, right? Because they move right down the field and they ultimately have nothing to show for it. And then... The Niners get the ball back and they start to move the ball down the field mm -hmm. a little bit. And during this drive, I was like, okay, they had the first drive. They were a little rusty. Now maybe it's going to, you know, wear off. And here we go. They start churning it out. They convert on third and short. They're moving down the field. They're not even getting second downs at a lot of this drive. It was first mm -hmm. down, first down. And you're like, okay, here we go. And then uh, Brock Purdy rolls out. He sees George Kittle in man coverage, and I felt like Brock was on this early. He dropped back to pass. He saw that it was man coverage, and if you look on the replay, he's staring at Kittle, and the only reason Brock leaves the pocket is just to buy Kittle a little more time to escape. But to me, he knew where he was going, and that was to George Kittle for a large part of that play, and Brock dropped a beautiful 32-yard pass in there for a touchdown. Yeah, and I, I, for me, there's another point with this drive that I want to discuss that's a larger point about Purdy. Obviously, this was an excellent drive, and, and the play to Kittle was, was a fantastic play. To move off to his right, throw on the move, he throws it perfectly accurately. But you and I have been included in this conversation, and we've made a lot of can he throw the wet ball, does he throw the wet ball well, his accuracy seems to dissipate a little when he throws the wet ball. And I think... I think that he's clearly uncomfortable gripping the wet ball. Like he's had grip issues. We've seen that. Right. And we've seen him drop the ball versus Cleveland with the ball being wet. But I, I actually think that this drive is an example that he can throw it and he's fine throwing it accurately. Um, it might not be something he's more comfortable throwing than a dry ball. Wow. Pause this. This is going places where it probably shouldn't go but like this is like you know Manning Breeze those guys weren't as comfortable throwing outside as Brady for example like Purdy might be less comfortable throwing the wet football but he's probably still comfortable doing it I, I think it was just an example in this game and I think this is a greater point and this is why it looked a little bit like the Cleveland game is when you got to make throws into tighter windows Purdy has to be able to play with his timing being on point and I, I don't think it's an issue if he did anything to disrupt the timing. It was just that Green Bay would get a touch of pressure and move him off his spot. Now he has to throw the ball a little earlier than he wanted. Now the ball's a little inaccurate. Or Green Bay would move him off his spot. Now he has to throw it a little later than he wanted. And now the ball's, the ball's a little inaccurate. Like this play is a prime example where he knew where he wanted to go to the ball. He found the space in the pocket. He created that space and created the timing for the throw to happen, right? Like he what he did get pressure on this play, but he found space and was able to still make it happen. And to me, that's like the next evolution for him as a quarterback. Like when he's able to play on time and the offense is running on time, he's really good. There's no doubt about it. Look at the numbers. Look at how he's playing. Like the offense just goes and it's just rhythmic. Boom, 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 boom. 
But in a game like this, and it's a good example because at the end of the game, he does kind of figure it out in the fourth quarter and find a way to make it happen. That next evolution to me of him becoming one of those truly like Mahomes, Allen kind of guys is even when the offense doesn't have its rhythm and timing, you're still able to make plays because you're able to hang into the pocket an extra second longer and make a throw, or you're able to just make a throw on pure talent, or you're able to make a play on pure ability. And this is an example that he does have it in him. It's just about developing that consistency. And he's a very young player. That's what I see in all of this. But I I know that was a very long point, Rob. But but to me, there's more depth to it than he just can't simply throw the wet football. Because I thought this drive was a good example that when there is efficiency and rhythm and timing and momentum for the offense, he can look like the Brock Purdy in dry weather anytime. Fish, I've never seen, if you're watching on the stream, you can see it. I've never seen a quarterback drop back to pass, put the ball in his off hand, wipe right. off his hand, and then put his hand back on the ball and throw it down the field. Right. Clearly, the, the rain and the weather bothers him. He came out in the glove. He took the glove off. He's not comfortable in the rain, and he's not as good in the rain. I'm not saying... Oh, I agree, I agree with that, Rob. I, I'm not saying that he's this doesn't affect him. I, I just more so say that, hey, this will affect him, but it shouldn't affect him. I, I It's affected him to the point where he's looked like a completely different quarterback. And I don't think that it's simply the ball being wet that's made him look like a completely different quarterback. I think there were factors in this game similar to the Cleveland game that added were additional to the ball other than the ball being wet. Obviously, he would play better if the ball was dry. I, I, he throws it way better. I think it's a major problem. Thank God there's no rain in the forecast for next week. That looks good. But nonetheless, he dropped the ball. And the Super Bowl in Vegas. Right. And the Super Bowl is in the desert. So that's obviously very good. Um, I will say he drops that ball into Kittle. There's no yak on that play. You know, people are acting like this play didn't happen. Like Brock Purdy just checked it down all day. Brock Purdy has been getting more hate on the morning shows nationally today than I've ever seen a winning quarterback in the playoffs get. I never saw Jimmy Garoppolo get treated like this in the playoff games that he had when he won. Yeah, Brock Purdy won, and Ryan Clark is sitting there today saying Purdy doesn't elevate the play of anyone around him, and it was such a joke that they had to pretend that Purdy should be in the MVP conversation. That's what Ryan Clark said on ESPN today. I I, I mean, dude, this is a player basically in his rookie year of starting played i i thought that game was difficult for both quarterbacks i tweeted this out because to me the discourse of this game about both quarterbacks is somewhat broken these are two first year starters basically right i know purdy played a majority of last year but this is his first like full year starting he's a rookie starter essentially playing in his what fourth playoff game but even if you have playoff experience he's still very young in his playoff career and so is jordan love playing in his second playoff game like i i I don't know, Rob. I don't remember it looking that good for Luck in his first playoff game. I don't remember it looking that good for, you know, Russ looked okay. But, like, a lot of these guys, their first playoff start doesn't go too well. It's tough. It's a different environment. Like, even Burrow, his first playoffs, I know they made the Super Bowl, but he didn't play that great. I mean, he took nine sacks versus Tennessee in the divisional round, and he got credit (laughs) for the toughness he took, but he took nine sacks as a quarterback. And I thought both guys – taking only one sack in this game. I know the defensive line has been criticized on both teams, and we'll talk about it throughout the game. But taking only one sack in a game where both guys were hit a lot, in a game where, you know, it was tight, tight coverage, it was back and forth, bad weather. It's a tough game to play quarterback. 
And these are two young guys, and I thought they both had their moments of success. Love especially played better early. And then in the fourth quarter, he got fooled a couple of times by Steve Wilkes. He got caught a couple of times. He got spooked by pressure that wasn't there a couple of times. He there. got inaccurate a couple of times. That <laughs> happened. And Purdy struggled for the first three, three and a half quarters of this game. But then when he had an opportunity to stamp his foot on this game, he also found a rhythm and a timing, and he made a few really great throws with the game on the line. The one to Brandon Ayuk. He threw a timing Ooh. out to Chris Conley. That looked like Brock Purdy. Wet ball, weather, whatever. That looked like Brock Purdy. So I, I don't necessarily get the discourse to do absolutes about these guys or, like, know exactly what their talent is. Like, not everybody looks like C.J. Stroud or Patrick Mahomes in their first playoffs. Like, that's not normal. And I feel like when we talk about these guys, we're taking away from their greatness early in their career because that's not a normal thing. We shouldn't normalize what they're doing. We should celebrate what they're doing and then talk rationally about more normal. None of these people are normal, but they're more (laughs) normal to the league average than they are to, you know, the greats. And Brock hasn't played a ton of playoff games, but he's looked better earlier in the playoffs than he did yesterday or Saturday, I should say. So we should give him credit for that. He's had Brock's had better playoff games than Jimmy Garoppolo's ever had in his career. And Brock's only oh, played in yeah. three, really. Um, okay. On this next Packers drive where they get a field goal, I want to highlight somebody that I think was incredible. And that was Diamador Lenore. I thought Diamador Lenore was awesome in this mm-hmm. game. And he had a sequence on this drive. First and 10 at the Niners 34 yard line. Jordan Rove scrambles out. Lenore chases him down and as love is going out of bounds and completely legally, I will say shoves Jordan love and decletes him and sends him flying to the sideline. All the Packers get mad. It's a totally legal hit. You end up getting offsetting 15 yard penalties on the play, but it was an incredible play. Diamador Lenore. And I love that he got a big hit on love without uh, breaking the rules. It was a clean hit on love. Then, yeah, and then I'll go – oh, go ahead. I was going to say I'll go to the second play then. That okay, he, go ahead. That, yeah, sure, because that to me was my play of the drive. Um, So after the – I mean, that third and seven throw to Romeo Dobbs was pretty ridiculous from Jordan Love. Like, that was a high-level throw, and, and that was like a moment where it felt like crap. Like, he bailed him out again. Like, they got him to third and seven finally. They got him away from third and short, and he goes and makes a throw. And on first and goal, they run it with Aaron Jones and Diamond on the Nord does an incredible job on the fit. It's really aggressive from him, and he makes a great tackle. Great tackle. And then he also breaks up a pass, a little pass in the flat. I want to say, I think it was after that run play. Yeah, it was after Um, it. Right. And so that helps hold Green Bay to another field goal when they were down in the red zone. Lenore was awesome. Nick Ellert, YouTube channel member, says, was he the second best defensive player on the field? I think he was. I'll go with Nick Bosa. Yeah, yeah. Let's go with Nick Bosa. Great. Five quarterback hits. I thought he had a very good game. Uh, I thought it could be way better. Uh, okay. So they get. I, the- we're at well. We're at a point with him. I feel like because of the contract he got and what everybody expects from him, there's no good games from him that don't include three sacks. So it's it's hard to say that. But if we're realistically looking at the level everybody played, for me, Greenlaw one, Bosa two. The 49ers defensive line and their pass rush not that good. Like, let's yeah, just, yeah, well, there's other issues there. There's some issues that, you know, you and I beat our chest about in midseason. That's not something to beat our chest about today. No, like it's not. But OK, we got to get to this drive because this is one of the biggest drives in the game. And I know we're going to talk about this. Kyle Shanahan in this game butchered. Yeah. Butchered the end yeah. of the first half. He is so 
obsessed Vish with not leaving time for the other team to score at the end of the first half that he completely gives up trying to score for the offense. He doesn't care if the offense scores, he butchers it and, all right, let's get into it. And then I'll play his answer on it after the game. So the 49ers are driving down the field. They are doing a good job moving the ball down the field. They have three timeouts at the two minute warning, I believe, or is it, is it all three? Uh, yes. At the two minute warning, they have all three timeouts. They are on the their own forty yard line. They yeah. move the ball down. It is second and five. There's a minute and nineteen seconds left. They run it with Christian McCaffrey up the middle. Okay, I don't. I didn't have a problem with that. But then they let the entire play clock run down, and then line they up, try the to get an offsides. So they ran the play on second and five with a minute and 19 seconds left. They end up running the third down play on third and two with 34 seconds. They just let it run off the clock. What the hell are they doing? Yeah, this was terrible clock management. I understand the logic behind the clock management, okay, of trying not to give the other team the ball back. But that's not how you do it. You have a good offense on paper. This should have been a moment where they shouldn't have. They basically played as if their best case scenario was kicking a 50-yard field goal. Yes. And they had three timeouts with the ball damn near midfield and the entire two minutes to work with. They had a really good opportunity to play for a touchdown on that drive, but also stay conservative enough that we can play for the field goal. They barely even got into range. Like, usually what Shanahan did, that happens once you get into field goal range. You get into field goal range, you feel like, okay, the three is in our back pocket. Now we're going to really slow this puppy down, and we're going to try to play for seven. But if we don't get it, we're going to kick the field goal and end the half. That was one of the worst. I've never seen – actually, that was the second worst clock management I've seen in this playoffs. The first was Sean McVay (laughs) at Uh, the end of the Rams and the Lions game. That was terrible. But but this this was this was pretty awful from Shanahan, and this is like the one thing with him that I feel like we can't we we just don't know about because being this conservative wins you a game against the Green Bay Packers. But what you're doing is you're limiting possessions when you have the more talented team each time. You're taking away opportunities for that team's talent to win you the game when you're getting this conservative. I, I rarely criticize Shanahan. I get criticized for how rarely I criticize Shanahan. In fact. <laughs> This was terrible. So he he lets the play clock run down. There's 34 seconds left. It's third and two. They complete a pass to Juwan Jennings for a first down, which, by the way, Juwan Jennings, holy crap, best game of his life. Oh, he was unreal. Um, they don't win this game without him. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work, limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Correct. So they convert the third down. Then they have to call timeout again because there's now only 28 seconds left. And now, so you've used two timeouts to go a grand total of five yards. And now you have 28 seconds left. You have one timeout left. And now you're going to really struggle to score a touchdown because of Kyle's stupid decision to clock run and take a touchdown. So then on first down, they throw a check down to Christian McCaffrey for eight yards again. They spike it, so that uses up second down. So then uh, it's third and two, and you're basically with 14 seconds left, and you, you've you got time for one more play. But, by the way, I, I thought throwing a check down at that point to the middle of the field, this is a bad Brock Purdy decision in terms of timing. That eight yards wasn't making a – well, in this case, because they were playing for a field goal, it did. <laughs> but that eight yards doesn't really make a variable difference to lose 10 seconds and then run up and have to spike it and have everybody come back in. You, would, I, In my opinion, just clockwise, and I, I know that there will be deferring opinions because of down and distance, but shoot, if he grounds that ball, you can do this exact thing on third down, run up, take your time out, and just kick the field goal the way you pretty much ended up doing it. I, I don't understand what you're really gaining – from using 10 seconds to get eight yards there, checking it down to the middle of the field. You were second and five at the Green Bay 46 with a minute and 19 seconds left and all three timeouts. You ran three real plays and then you kicked a field goal. That's basically what you, or four real plays because I pretty mm-hmm. third in completion. And then you ended up trying a field goal. That's horrible clock yeah. management from Kyle Shanahan. And he's so, so scared. And then, of course, the field goal ends up getting blocked that Jake Moody tries the 48-yarder, which uh, Jay Feely, I think, tweeted out that it was leverage on the Packers. That there should have been a penalty on the play, but there wasn't. Uh, but here's oh, Jim Harbaugh would have thrown a big tantrum for that one. I know. But here's <laughs> the more disturbing thing for me, is what Kyle said after the game. Mike Silver asked him about it. Here's Kyle Shanahan. Looking back, do you question your strategy to be less aggressive at the end of the first half and go for the two-for-one? Um, I mean, I like that they didn't score. Um, I like that we won at the end of the day. Um, so, you know, I, we did go. We did try to score. Uh, we had a chance there right after um, on second down. thought we had a chance for B.A. over the middle. would have been a big play that got, in, got us inside the 10 with um, two shots to take at the end zone. Um, we didn't have the time to get it over the mic and we ended up checking it down and then we didn't get it, but, uh, that's how it works out. I thought we, we make sure they don't get another chance, but it's not like we were just playing for a field goal. Uh, we, we called for a big play. It just, they played pretty deep. That is ridiculous. First of all, the first thing he says was, I liked that They didn't score. So that shows you what his priority was in that situation was them not getting the ball back. He said it twice. And then he says, oh, well, we were trying to score. We had a play to B.A. It's like, oh, so you took one shot. You only left yourself right. one chance right. to score. That's backwards and, and broken thinking. What What's ridiculous about it is he doesn't acknowledge that they just burned a minute off the clock for no reason. Right. Literally. Yeah. It's dude. That one, too, because they were saying because on the second before they got, I think, on the second and 10 after they convert with Juwan Jennings, I think they were saying that Moody was good from 56 during pregames or something in that direction. So like that was like a they were already in field goal range. And it was almost like from that point, Kyle was just like, whatever, whatever. And then what I meant to say about the check down too is they I thought he should have just grounded it and then you play for third and you play third and ten with you know twenty seconds and then maybe you 
throw something short there, run it down, take the timeout, kick the field goal, which is exactly what they ended up doing. But I don't know that you get a lot of out of checking it down to the middle of the field on second and 10. Um, it just wastes clock. The stride abides. Thank you for the $5 super chat. Robin Vish, love the show. Robin Vish sounds like something you would buy at a kosher deli. Thoughts from each of you. Why was Kyle so pass happy? Well, that's the other part of this, Vish, is when Debo goes down, they had no plan for the offense. They didn't know what to do. They tried to run the Debo plays without Debo. And it was like, Kyle, give the ball to 23. Give mm-hmm. it to Christian McCaffrey. He's ne- when is the last time we said Christian McCaffrey didn't have a good game? We've never said that with the 49ers because he's awesome. And he is, he steps up in the biggest moments, the NFC championship game against the Eagles last year, where uh, Purdy's hurt and it's Josh Johnson in there. They give it to Christian McCaffrey. He breaks three tackles and runs for a touchdown. And all of a sudden the score is tied yesterday when the 49ers needed to play Christian McCaffrey breaks three tackles and runs 39 yards for a touchdown. But Kyle, well, it's like he's got to be forced to give it to him. Okay. I I kind of agree with this point. Um, but I, I think there's a little more nuance to it because of how the game played out. So Christian McCaffrey got, I think, six carries in their first two possessions. And what really ended up happening in that half is that um, Green Bay held the ball for so long that the Niners' first two possessions, one was a quick drive. They didn't get the ball. The second one, I think, had four or five Christian McCaffrey carries. Um, So that is a pretty heavy dosage of Christian McCaffrey. Um, They ended up scoring a touchdown on their own long drive. And then the third one ended up being the two-minute drive, where they were kind of forced to dropping him back. Now, do I think your greater point, Rob, is correct? That they came into this plan to be an empty and spread them out and use their five eligibles to create certain mismatches against green Bay's defense. And that plan really went down the drain when Debo got hurt and they stuck with it. No, I can't disagree with that. Like it's really hard to adjust your offense when you come into a game with a plan, but when a plan is predicated on a certain player's versatility to dictate certain things, matchup wise, dictate the defense to do certain things based on his motions, then that, definitely creates an issue but I I also so like that point I think exists I think why Christian McCaffrey didn't get the ball as much as we would have liked him to in that first half was simply because Green Bay kind of held the ball for the majority of that first half I think the Niners ended up catching up in terms of time of possession because they wasted the last four minutes of the half Um, we just talked about how they took a minute and 30 seconds for all of us to just watch and stick around and drink some coffee but they that was why Christian McCaffrey did get his Betty carries early in this game. I I agree with you. And I think while I don't think they're as committed to the run, because I don't think Kyle trusts this run game or this offensive line to just get a yard as much as we would like him to, as much as we want him to at this point, as much as they have in years past. I mean, we've seen them blindly trust this offensive line on third and one and run it with even Christian McCaffrey, and it doesn't get it. I don't think anybody misses the point that the Niners go as number 23 goes. You're right. He's never had a bad game. He's literally the best player uh, or maybe the best player on the team. One of them for sure with Bosa Trent Williams. He's I mean, in that game, I thought he was easily the number one reason on offense, why they won the game. You highlighted the two touchdowns. He was fantastic on that final drive to go win the game. Um, So I, I don't think anybody misses the point that he needs the ball and he goes how the Niners go. It was just, I think, in terms of runs specifically, that first half pulled them out of game script because Green Bay dominated time of possession. 
T&K Hunting Gear, thank you for the $10 super chat. What's annoying is folks comparing Brock's QBR to guys playing in a dome or in cold or dry weather. Of course, the two lowest QBRs came out of a rain game. It's like variables don't matter anymore. Yeah, look, he's not as good in the rain. Other guys didn't have to play in those conditions, so that does contribute to their numbers being a little better. I will say there's an element to this, right? There's an element to this where some of these things matter for specific quarterbacks. Like, crap, dude. I, I hate to go here, but like Al, Mahomes and Tua played in one of the coldest games ever. We all had concerns and kept talking about, oh, Tua this. It was really cold. Tua couldn't make this through all of that. Did anybody say anything that Mahomes played in that same weather? No. You he have to make check. every throw and throws it the same way in that weather. The Allen Mahomes game yesterday, the wind was so bad, kickers couldn't kick through it. And these two <laughs> guys are making every throw like whatever. And so like. We, we talk about these things for certain players, and I think they have an effect. But there's also certain players where when you're talking about Mahomes and Allen, for example, we never even remember these variables in their games because they kind of become moot at some point, right? We never did this for Manning, that Flacco could throw it through the weather than Man- better than Manning. So I, I kind of, I understand. I totally missed his point because he's talking about comparing the QBRs, and I, I went in a totally different direction. His point is valid, but I also wanted to bring that up. If you have to check the weather before the game because you're worried about your quarterback, that's that's concerning. It just is. Uh, and that's where we are right now with the 49ers. Uh, we're not going to have time to go through uh, every drive in the second half, Mish, because we've only got about 10 minutes here before you got to bail and leave Ooh. for a work meeting. Uh, yeah, so let's – you want to hit the t- the touchdown drives, the interception drives, and skip the punts? Uh, well, okay, even then it's going to be tough because there was... We'll do it. Watch us. Watch us, Rob. Believe in us. So second half, the 49ers go three and out to start the third quarter. Christian McCaffrey doesn't touch the ball once, but Jawan Jennings touches the ball on the first play because they run it. Why? Because Kyle Shanahan screwed up the play call and he admitted that he screwed up the play call and he just laughed it off after the game. Like this was a horrible game from Kyle Shanahan. But anyway... That, but that was, by the way, that was a like wasted call anyway because whether juan gets that ball whether debo gets that ball whether rob gets that ball whether vish gets that ball kenny clark obliterated whomever on that was it It was okay he obliterated him on that play yes uh packers get the ball they are driving down the field once again setting up third and shorts they had multiple third and shirts uh third and shorts excuse Mm -hmm. me all day long and they converted it felt like almost all of them and this was the play they jordan love pitches the ball back to jones who I don't know what the hell happened, but he misses it. And the ball goes flying past him. And it's second and 21. Packers complete a pass for six yards. Third and 15. And what did we see? Jordan Love drops back and he does what all quarterbacks do against the 49ers. Just chuck it deep. Hell, somebody receivers open down there. And Ambry Thomas commits pass interference. 41-yard penalty. And the Packers score on the very next play. And they're up 13-7. Yeah. Real quick, Love dropped it because he got stepped on by the center and it went right through Aaron Jones' hands. I guess the timing and rhythm was off, but he whatever. One of the third and ones, Bosa met Aaron Jones in the backfield. And this is a moment where I guess I would get on Bosa. He met him in the backfield. It's a great play. And Aaron Jones kind of run kind of runs him through and mm-hmm. picks up the yard, pure effort play by Aaron Jones. And then finally, um, on the last one, the pass interference to me, this was the most egregious of all the Niners pass interference penalties. This was third and 15. They had them stopped dead to rights. This wasn't even a great throw or great decision by love where they had it. Like it was just like, okay, third and 15, let's take a shot at the Niners weakest player in their secondary or one of two of their weakest players in their secondary. And he straight up tackled him, dude. He tackled him. 
It was hideous. Uh, the Strider Bide says, proud of Brock for his play in crunch time. I 100%. agree with you. Um, so the Packers score, and they're up 13-7. Niners get the ball back, and they go four plays, 75 yards, because lo and behold, the 49ers realized, hey, you know, 85, he's really good. Let's throw it to him. On third mm-hmm. and six, he breaks the tackle. Kittle owned man coverage in this game. He breaks mm-hmm. the tackle, and he rumbles down the field like a friggin' freight train for 32 yards. And the next play, they hand to McCaffrey. He breaks three tackles, touchdown. 49ers have tied the game. 100%. That was just George Kittle, all effort. He changed them. I thought this was a momentum-changing play because Kittle got the crowd into it, and then McCaffrey capitalized. They got him his first big hole, and he made Darnell Savage look funny. It was him and Darnell Savage one-on-one in the hole, and Darnell Savage is going to have two plays on his highlight reel from this one. One drop pick and one with Christian McCaffrey making him look fun. And just when you think the 49ers have all the momentum and here we go, we're coming back, we've got this, what happens? For some reason... Nixon, all pro. The 40... No, no, don't give the returner any credit. The 49ers, before Joe Jodem came back, intentionally were kicking every kickoff through the end zone because they didn't have confidence in their coverage. One and guy it sucked. Back, and it sucked. And now... They're obsessed with trying to gain that like five extra yards that they're willing to risk a kickoff return. And what happens? The Packers break one out for 73 yards. Demetrius Flang and Foles makes a hell of a play to force a fumble at the end of it. And the dude from the Packers goes full Superman to recover. It's a great recovery. But then the Packers are set up. And what was it? Four plays later, they were in the end zone again and up 21-14 because they got the two-point conversion. Yeah, and by the way, I thought like the Niners would have an opportunity in this sudden change because the first down, Nick Bosa and Fred Warner have like this really intense, like full of celebration stop on Aaron Jones. And then the next play, Nick Nick Bosa hits Yash Neiman with a mean spin move, and Jordan Love makes what I thought was the throw of the game with Bosa and his face bearing down on him off his back foot, a little flick to Romeo Dobbs with Ward and great coverage. And then uh, that this was, Rob, this was like, can we do anything? Like, if the first time we get momentum, this mm-hmm. happens. But then we know what happens. The Niners came back. So, touchdown. Okay, Green Bay's up 21-14. 49ers get the ball back. And I was like, all right, let's go. We got to have it here. And instead, they go three plays, five yards, punt. That was the first time in the game I was like, I think we just lost it. I think now what I thought was now we need a Green Bay mistake to get back. Yeah. And and Purdy was inaccurate on both throws. He was rushed. He was inaccurate. The Christian McCaffrey one was floated up and over his head and kind of landed in no man's land. It was like a, <gasps> one of those moments for us while <laughs> watching. And moment. then, yeah, it was a Jimmy moment. It was like, oh, that was the first point in the game, too. And it's funny because the next drive ends up when answers this question. But for how he was playing in this game, the one thing I never question about him is, is, is he rattled? Because it doesn't matter how he plays. I always feel like he's even in that moment. Mm-hmm. That drive right there, the fact that Green Bay immediately sees their momentum again, that was the first time I was like, oh, is he rattled? I was scared. And he wasn't, as we went, came to find out. So the Niners punt. Green Bay gets the ball back. They immediately get a first down. They complete it to Christian Watson for 11 yards. Then they stop Aaron Jones. They get an incompletion. Third and 11, Jordan Love drops back. The Niners force a check down, and Love is just inaccurate with the ball. It's behind the receiver, tipped up, and what does everybody say? And it holds true, tips and overthrows. And here comes 57, 
intercepting the ball, running around like a psychopath, including going in the wrong direction for some of it because he doesn't just go down when he gets yeah, in. Yeah, that was crazy. That but was crazy. <laughs> he makes an incredible momentum-shifting play to get the 49ers the ball back at the Green Bay 48-yard line. Niners only go 14 yards in seven plays, but who saunters out? Jake Moody, who drills a 52-yard yeah. field goal. Big-time kick. Massive kick in the game. Yeah. And we just, no one's going to say anything because he made it and he got, he's got to make every kick and he's got to be perfect. He drilled it. It was perfect. And a, and a huge third down catch on that drive from Brandon Ayuk to get him in field goal range. Yes. He caught it off his, basically his shoelaces. Again, this was the point in the game where I'm still thinking, is Purdy really there? Cause that ball was pretty inaccurate too. Ayuk makes a great play an all pro play on third down to bail him out. And then Moody, uh, people really, question him i think there's something about this guy we'll see that he, was a big time kick he said he had covid he found out after the rams game he had covid and he was feeling like really sick i guess before the game um so i don't know if that factored into it but i guess apparently he was better uh and then the niners forced the first punt of the game packers go three and out after the field goal and you're like oh my god we got a chance to do this again unfortunately the Niners couldn't capitalize after the Packers punted. They drove down the field. They got to the Green Bay 40, but the drive stalled. Purdy missed Kittle deep. He missed Ray Ray McLeod. I don't know why Ray Ray McLeod ever gets a single target in this and offense. And he was pissed. And that I was think... the play where he dries his hand during the play. It was a yeah. third play to Ray Ray. And what happened is this. The guy covering McLeod falls down or at least like slips. So McLeod is open. I think that's why Brock went to him. But I think... Brock threw it to where McLeod was supposed to be. And I think Ray Ray was adjusting his route based on what the guy falling down. He, because yeah. the guy fell down, he went to the corner. Shanahan said after the game, he was supposed to run a swirl, which is that corner stop route that they run. They call it a swirl route either way in this drive. Also just real quick mentioning Brock Purdy made gutsy throw number one to show us that, Hey, he might still be alive in this game. And that was to Juwan Jennings on third down. Pretty much just a blind throw, throws it up. It's an insane catch by Juwan Jennings taking a hit. The guy was outstanding blocking. The guy was outstanding everywhere in the game. Um, but that was like, okay, Brock Purdy hasn't lost his points. He's still that here. Mega throw by Brock. Insane throw that people might not remember because they didn't score on the drive, but it was great. Do you need to hop off now to go to your work meeting? Dude, we have one minute. Let's finish this off. We All got right. one drive, one minute. Let's Let's be the 49ers right here. The Niners punt, the Packers go down the field, but they miss the field goal, 41 yards, and the Niners get the ball back. It's the final drive of the game, and I thought Brock did on this drive. He said it after the game. They said, what was wrong? He said, I didn't take the checkdowns early. The checkdowns were there. He didn't take them. On this last drive, he did, and they went right down the field, Vish. Right, and they got the ball to who? They checked the ball down to him. They ran it with him. He made the one big throw on third and five when they finally got Brandon Ayuk manned up away from Jair Alexander on Keyshawn Nixon. Good coverage. Hell of a throw. Wait, hell of a catch. No. Yes. Yeah. Brandon Ayuk had three catches in the game. Two of them were incredibly difficult. He made number one wide receiver catches. On third down, too. Four first downs. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Niners get the ball. They drive down the field. And who do they give it to? Oh, yeah, that's right. 23. Right. They just fed 23 throughout this drive, right? They went to Kittle once. He had the one really, or Kittle dropped one as well. He had the one really good throw to Conley that looked like Brock Purdy dropped back on time, on rhythm, real good throw. Um, 
Ayuk had the big third down catch, but otherwise it was all number 23 and good things happen. Like you said, has he ever had a bad game? Have we ever said that he's not that good? He's or have we ever said he's not played that well or anything? He's a freaking superstar and he won them that game. Oh, the 49ers just sent out the Super Bowl 53 media accreditation or uh, 58, excuse me, media information. That's maybe a little early, but anyway, Niners get the touchdown. And then Jordan Love on the final drive on the interception, Vish, he rolls to his right for no reason. To me, he got there was pressure. He thought there was pressure that wasn't there. And and he didn't have to then do what he did. He could have run. There was a lot of different things to do. That was just a great example of Jordan Love had a young quarterback moment in that fourth quarter. Like, yes, Anders Carlson missing the kick was probably Green Bay's biggest momentum shift. It probably really killed them, put the nail in the coffin, and the Niners seized and took advantage of it and won this game. But Jordan Love in this fourth quarter, he had a young quarterback moment where it got to him. It got to him that every call was so important. All those third downs were important. He wasn't sure if the Niners were bringing pressure or not. He got spooked a couple of times. He was inaccurate a couple of times moving around in the pocket and getting himself off platform, trying to throw to Aaron Jones when he didn't need to. And then finally, that last drive, it was culminated in. He kind of just was like, all right, the game, he, the game wasn't done, right? That This felt a lot like the 2021 game where the Niners come all the way back and Rodgers brought them back. They kicked the field goal and won that game. But in this case, Love kind of just lost his poise in, in that fourth quarter. Really young quarterback, first year starting, second playoff game. It happens team with a quarterback who loses his mind in the fourth quarter couldn't be me hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumba casino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus jordan love in the fourth five of seven for just 19 yards with an interception brock purdy in the fourth quarter eight of 12 68 yards obviously mccaffrey got the touchdown for the niners at the end of that drive all right vish if you got to hop out you hop out there's a couple of comments i want to get to so i'll, I'll extend the show just for a minute longer but i don't want to keep you if you got to do some work stuff yeah, sure. I I do got to hop out. The one thing I'll just say real quick before I go is the Niners. I know a lot of people talking about Nick Bosa. The Niners have a Chase Young, Randy Gregory um, issue. Um, stopping the run, they missed Cleveland Furl on the edges. They're not stopping the run too well. But those two guys are not rushing the passer as effectively as they needed to. And then real quick, just for the sake of the show, I think the Niners win, and I think they'll win comfortably. The run game of the Lions will give them issues. Um, the Niners defense isn't, but that line's defense is not going to have any answers for the Niners offense, especially if Debo plays. The one matchup is Rashawn Gary was dominant in this game for Green Bay. Aiden Hutchinson will be against Colton McKivitz too. Rob <laughs> Guerrero might be dominant against Colton McKivitz at this point, but the Niners offense 
should be very successful. Thank you, everybody. Great show, Rob. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, Vish. Like and subscribe to the Vish Kumar on YouTube channel. Uh, if you haven't done so already, please, and thank you. Uh, I won't keep you guys too much longer, but there were a couple of good comments that I wanted to get to. Uh, oh, geez, I'm screwed up my overlays here. Uh, so before we go, I want to get to those because I do appreciate it. First of all, Gray Fox says, Hi, Robin Vish. I'm going to the NFC Championship game. The last time a family member went to the NFC Championship game in 94, we won it all. So this means we're winning it all. Hashtag destiny. I love that. I think that is fantastic. I support that 100%, Gray Fox. I appreciate the, uh, you know, the effort there, the service by your family. So we love that. Well, let's get to a couple others. Uh, Heinemann on Twitch. I love this comment. Shout out to the Twitch audience. First time playing with Purdy, I felt like Jimmy G was throwing. It felt like that. When he dropped pack to pass, I got nervous. I was definitely scared. I was like, I can't believe I'm still feeling this way again. But that is exactly what it felt like. I think I wrote that down in my notes also. Uh, Joey Rowe said, Stats, you started the season really down on the Lions, not worried or concerned. Has that changed now? How do you feel? I definitely feel uh, I want to give the Lions more credit than I gave them earlier in this year. They were 9-8 and eight last year, and I said, I need to see them do more before I fear the big bad Lions. Well, they went 12-5 and five this year, same as the Niners, and that offense repeated their success that they had last year. So, I, yes, they've showed me something for sure. And I said all week that I have two settings going into the playoffs. Horribly anxious or wildly overconfident. I was wildly overconfident going into this Packers game. Now I'm back to anxious for the rest of the playoffs. I'm in super anxious mode, and I will be against Detroit for sure. Albert asked, I've been asking this question, and I want to know your guys' thoughts. Without Debo, Kyle's playbook is limited. Do you guys notice that? To me, it doesn't feel like that as long as Kyle knows ahead of time that Debo's not going to be there. If he knows Debo is going to be out, he can scheme it up and game plan and come up with cool stuff. It's the adjusting without Debo where Kyle struggles. And it's funny because it's like, dude, did you do you not realize that like football players can get injured during a game? Like you need to be able to account for that. But he seems to struggle. He admitted that they struggled. He said we struggled against Cleveland when it happened and we struggled in this one. He thinks they handled it slightly better than they did Cleveland. But let's say Debo can play next week. And we don't know that, by the way. He's 50-50 right now. Uh, I saw somebody mention that in the chat. Let's say Debo can play next week. Can he finish the game? Like, who knows if he's going to be able to actually get through it. So Kyle's going to need to have a plan in case Debo starts the game and can't finish it. He he has to. Because you're going to have to put up points in this game. Because I think the Lions are going to be able to move the ball on the Niners. And I think it's going to be a shootout. So you're going to have to have an offensive plan. Uh, next comment, Peter says, just announced by Football Zebras, the referee crew, the Niners are getting Cleet Blakeman for Detroit and San Francisco. Off the top of my head, I don't know how many penalties, you know, Cleet Blakeman calls. I don't know if that's a good thing for the 49ers or a bad thing for the 49ers. Um, I don't even remember if he is like, does he call a lot of flags or not? Like, I have no Cleet Blakeman memories. Um, the Niners got multiple penalties last week, of course. Hopefully they cut down on the pass interference, but I don't know if that's good or bad, but for people wondering, I wanted to throw that out there. Thanks so much to everybody in the chat. We've got more than 500 people watching right now. Please like and subscribe to the channel. Hit that like button so more people can discover us. If you're new to the show, thank you. We break it down like this every Monday. We go drive by drive through the game that happened. Um, we have five-minute updates every morning, every weekday morning that come out for you with press conference clips and 
injury updates and everything you need to be up to date on the activities of the team. So if you haven't liked and subscribed or you're new to the channel, please give us a shot. You can also download the podcast everywhere podcasts are found. Please and thank you for that. I'll leave a rating and a review, and I promise we'll read it on the show. Thank you to everybody. This this 49ers community is absolutely incredible. Uh, oh, and I want to get to this comment, too. <laughs> First, Brisby Life says, Vish had a clean pod, no edits, unlike Levin or Michelle on Saturday. Yeah, no swearing. Thank you very much, Vish. Clement Gray says, Zach Ertz just signed with the Lions. I wish the Niners would have signed Sue to help out that run defense. Well, technically, there's still time. But yeah, uh, Zach Ertz did sign with the Lions to the practice squad, although they're going to try and get him up to speed. I guess his former tight ends coach in Arizona is now in Detroit. So like he kind of knows the system and they, they had an injury at tight end. So they needed somebody. So Zach Ertz is now with Detroit. John Shoup says, we love you, Woody. Great work. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Mr. A says they should use Debo as a decoy and maybe they will. We don't know, you know, if he can play. But remember that... Um, feud between CJ Gardner Johnson and Debo earlier in the year. Well, guess what? Now we're in the NFC championship game and it's CJ Gardner Johnson just sitting there. I tend to think Debo's going to find a way to get on the field, but that's not based on anything other than me just saying it. I have no inside information on any of that. Uh, Snoopy Cortez did say Debo told Michael Irvin he feels good and he wanted to go back in the game. He knows the injury. It's not anywhere near how bad his injuries were in the past. I know last time he hurt his shoulder, he couldn't lift his arms to put his coat on. This time, apparently, he could lift his arm. So, you know, I guess that's an improvement. Um, but we'll see. There's so much more I wanted to say about Kyle Shanahan. Uh, I wrote the grades for this game are up on the website, goldstandardniners.com. If you want to go and check that out, I would appreciate it. I'm going to do a bigger piece on some of Kyle Shanahan's issues that I had in the game. That's going to come later this week. But if you haven't checked out the website before, please do. Thank you, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done it already. I love you all. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to do this. And I'm so grateful that this ride is not over yet. Two more games, hopefully. And the Niners are Super Bowl champions. Let's get after it this week. Have a good Monday.